Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, September 24. It's hard to believe that we are almost at the top of the mountain. In about two more weeks, we will complete our reading through the entire Bible in one year. On September 29, we begin the new Torah reading cycle starting with Breshit, Genesis 1-1. For those of you who have been listening throughout the past year, way to go! The Word of God is what protects us against deception and delusion. In the world we now live in, finding truth is something you have to seek after with all of your heart, because there are so many lies being pushed and promoted through the mainstream media. We must love truth and seek after truth. Truth is a person, and that person is Yeshua. We are warned about a strong, deluding spirit that will be present in the end days, as it is written in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, that they might all be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Beloved, I believe we are rapidly approaching the end days, so guard your mind and your heart by staying in the Word and stay close to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Bread Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion for Feast of Tabernacles. Ezekiel 39, 1-15 Son of Man, prophesy against Gog. Give him this message from the Sovereign Lord. I am your enemy, O Gog, ruler of the nations of Meshach and Tubal. I will turn you around and drive you toward the mountains of Israel, bringing you from the distant north. I will knock the bow from your left hand and the arrows from your right hand, and I will leave you helpless. You and your army and your allies will all die on the mountains. I will feed you to the vultures and wild animals. You will fall in the open fields, for I have spoken, says the Sovereign Lord. And I will rain down fire on Magog and on all your allies who live safely on the coasts. Then they will know that I am the Lord. In this way I will make known my holy name among my people of Israel. I will not let anyone bring shame on it. And the nations, too, will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. That day of judgment will come, says the Sovereign Lord. Everything will happen just as I have declared it. Then the people in the towns of Israel will go out and pick up your small and large shields, bows and arrows, javelins and spears, and they will use them for fuel. There will be enough to last them seven years. 
They won't need to cut wood from the fields or forests, for these weapons will give them all the fuel they need. They will plunder those who plan to plunder them, and they will rob those who plan to rob them, says the Sovereign Lord. And I will make a vast graveyard for Gog and his hordes in the Valley of the Travelers, east of the Dead Sea. It will block the way of those who travel there, and they will change the name of the place to the Valley of Gog's hordes. It will take seven months for the people of Israel to bury the bodies and cleanse the land. Everyone in Israel will help, for it will be a glorious victory for Israel when I demonstrate my glory on that day, says the Sovereign Lord. After seven months, teams of men will be appointed to search the land for skeletons to bury, so the land will be made clean again. Whenever bones are found, a marker will be set up so the burial crews will take them to be buried in the valley of Gog's hordes. Isaiah 43, 14-45-10 This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sakes I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One. Israel's Creator and King. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves. They drowned, and their lives were snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. But, dear family of Jacob, you refuse to ask for my help. You have grown tired of me, O Israel. You have not brought me sheep or goats for burnt offerings. You have not honored me with sacrifices, though I have not burdened and wearied you with requests for grain offerings and frankincense. You have not brought me fragrant calamus or pleased me with the fat from sacrifices. Instead, you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your faults. I, yes, I alone, will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Let us review the situation together and you can present your case to prove your innocence. From the very beginning, your first ancestor sinned against me. All your leaders broke my laws. That is why I have disgraced your priests. I have decreed complete destruction for Jacob and shame for Israel. But now, listen to me, Jacob my servant, Israel my chosen one. The Lord who made you and helps you says, Do not be afraid, O Jacob my servant, O dear Israel my chosen one, for I will pour out water to quench your thirst 
and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. They will thrive like watered grass, like willows on a riverbank. Some will proudly claim, I belong to the Lord. Others will say, I am a descendant of Jacob. Some will write the Lord's name on their hands and will take the name of Israel as their own. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord of Heaven's armies. I am the olive and the tov. There is no other God. Who is like me? Let him step forward and prove to you his power. Let him do as I have done since ancient times, when I established a people and explained its future. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim my purposes for you long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any other God? No, there is no other God, not one. How foolish are those who manufacture idols. These prized objects are really worthless. The people who worship idols don't know this, so they are all put to shame. Who but a fool would make his own God, an idol that cannot help him one bit? All who worship idols will be disgraced, along with all these craftsmen, mere humans, who claim they can make a God. They may all stand together, but they will stand in terror and shame. The blacksmith stands at his forge to make a sharp tool, pounding and shaping it with all his might. His work makes him hungry and weak. It makes him thirsty and faint. Then the woodcarver measures a block of wood and draws a pattern on it. He works with chisel and plane and carves it into a human figure. He gives it human beauty and puts it in a little shrine. He cuts down cedars. He selects the cypress and the oak. He plants the pine in the forest to be nourished by the rain. Then he uses part of the wood to make a fire. With it he warms himself and bakes his bread. Then, yes, it's true, he takes the rest of it and makes himself a god to worship. He makes an idol and bows down in front of it. He burns part of the tree to roast his meat and to keep himself warm. He says, ah, that fire feels good. Then he takes what's left and makes his god, a carved idol. He falls down in front of it, worshiping and praying to it. Rescue me, he says. You are my god. Such stupidity and ignorance. Their eyes are closed and they cannot see. Their minds are shut and they cannot think. The person who made the idol never stops to reflect why it's just a block of wood. I burned half of it for heat and used it to bake my bread and roast my meat. How can the rest of it be a god? Should I bow down to worship a piece of wood? The poor, deluded fool feeds on ashes. He trusts something that can't help him at all. Yet he cannot bring himself to ask, Is this idol that I'm holding in my hand a lie? Pay attention, O Jacob, for you are my servant, O Israel. I, the Lord, made you, and I will not forget you. I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. O return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. Sing 
O heavens, for the Lord has done this wondrous thing. Shout for joy, O depths of the earth. Break into song, O mountains and forests and every tree. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and is glorified in Israel. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer and Creator. I am the Lord who made all things. I alone stretched out the heavens. Who was with me when I made the earth? I expose the false prophets as liars and make fools of fortune tellers. I cause the wise to give bad advice, thus proving them to be fools. But I carry out the predictions of my prophets. By them I say to Jerusalem, People will live here again. And to the towns of Judah, You will be rebuilt. I will restore all your ruins. When I speak to the rivers and say, Dry up, they will be dry. When I say of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, He will certainly do as I say. He will command, Rebuild Jerusalem. He will say, Restore the temple. This is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed one, whose right hand he will empower. Before him, mighty kings will be paralyzed with fear. Their fortress gates will be opened, never to shut again. This is what the Lord says. I will go before you, Cyrus, and level the mountains. I will smash down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. And I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. And why have I called you for this work? Why did I call you by name when you did not know me? It is for the sake of Jacob my servant, Israel my chosen one. I am the Lord, there is no other God. I have equipped you for battle, though you don't even know me. So all the world from east to west will know there is no other God. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I create the light and make the darkness. I send good times and bad times. I, the Lord, am the one who does these things. Open up, O heavens, and pour out your righteousness. Let the earth open wide so salvation and righteousness can sprout up together. I, the Lord, created them. What sorrow awaits those who argue with their Creator? Does a clay pot argue with its Maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, Stop, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be? How terrible it would be if a newborn baby said to its father, Why was I born? Or if it said to its mother, Why did you make me this way? Ephesians 3, 1-21 When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Yeshua, for the benefit of your Gentiles, Assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending His grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God Himself revealed His mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Yeshua. God did not reveal it to precious generations, but now, by His Spirit, He has revealed it to His holy apostles and prophets. And this 
is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Yeshua. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving Him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Yeshua. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the Creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the Church to display His wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was His eternal plan which He carried out through Yeshua, our Messiah. Because of Yeshua and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please, don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the Creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from His glorious, unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Yeshua will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how deep, and how high His love is. May you experience the love of Yeshua, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the Church and in Yeshua through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Psalm 68, 1-18 Rise up, O God, and scatter your enemies. Let those who hate God run for their lives. Blow them away like smoke. Melt them like wax in a fire. Let the wicked perish in the presence of God, but let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God and to His name. Sing loud praises to Him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord, Yahweh. Rejoice in His presence. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. O God, when you led your people out from Egypt, when you marched through the dry wasteland, the earth trembled and the heavens poured down rain. 
before you, the God of Sinai before God, the God of Israel. You sent abundant rain, O God, to refresh the weary land. There your people finally settled, and with a bountiful harvest, O God, you provided for your needy people. The Lord gives the word, and a great army brings the good news. Enemy kings and their armies flee, while the women of Israel divide the plunder. Even those who lived among sheepfolds found treasures, doves with wings of silver and feathers of gold. The Almighty scattered the enemy kings like a blowing snowstorm on Mount Zaman. The mountains of Bashan are majestic with many peaks stretching high into the sky. Why do you look with envy, O rugged mountains, at Mount Zion, where God has chosen to live, where the Lord himself will live forever? Surrounded by unnumbered thousands of chariots, the Lord came from Mount Sinai into his sanctuary. When you ascended to the heights, you led a crowd of captives. You received gifts from the people, even from those who rebelled against you. Now the Lord God will live among us. Proverbs 24, 1 and 2 Don't envy evil people or desire their company, for their hearts plot violence, and their words always stir up trouble. Four, three, two, one. I'd like to speak to you today from Isaiah chapter 43 and 44, and then we're going to jump into Ephesians chapter 3. And in Isaiah chapter 43, we are going to look at a passage that I believe is a strong remez hint of the future exodus to come. And it makes a direct comparison to the first exodus and then gives us a hint about what he's going to do in the final greater exodus. So let's unpack that, and let's start in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 15. I am Yahweh, your Holy One, Israel's Creator and King. I am the Lord, who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt, with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned, their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candlewick. So here, the Lord is causing us to remember back to this very first exodus when the children of Israel went through the Red Sea, the waters parted for them, and then as the Egyptians pursued after them, the waters came upon them and they all drowned. And it was an incredible miracle. And as the children of Israel went through the Red Sea, it was a picture of a mikvah, a baptism. They were baptized into a new relationship with the God of Israel, into a covenant that he makes with them at Mount Sinai. Now let's look at verse 18. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. So this is the future, future prophetic. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. So he's talking about what he's going to do in the future. And he's saying, forget about what I did then. This is going to be far more stunning 
far more miraculous than what you ha- what happened historically. And again, it's hinting at this future greater exodus. It's uh, making a path through the wilderness, so it's a journey. It's creating rivers and a dry wasteland, so it's a journey in the wilderness where we will need water, and he's going to do something new. Verse 20, yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. So God is going to magnify himself through this mighty future deliverance. But let's look at verse 22. But dear family of Jacob, now let's talk about that. The family of Jacob is Yeshua's family. And who is the family of Jacob? The family of Jacob includes all 12 tribes. Jacob had 12 sons, which became the 12 tribes. And the 12 tribes includes Judah, tribe of Judah, which are the Jews, and the rest of the tribes, the ten tribes of the north, which are the non-Jews, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel, which includes you and me, my friend, unless you happen to be Jewish. But dear family Jacob, you refuse to ask for my help. You've grown tired of me, O Israel. So what do we need to do here? What are God's instructions? We need to ask for his help. We need to ask him to deliver us. And I believe we are uh, seeing the unfolding of the end of days beast system. It is being unveiled, rolled out, and revealed as we speak. The tyranny that's going on in Australia, New Zealand, France, with all these mandates, um, and the mandates that are even coming into the USA, with uh, the private sector being told that they must mandate their employees to get vaccinated if they have 100 employees or more. This is part of the end of days beast system, I believe. So we need to ask for God's help. We need to ask him to deliver us. We need to ask him to remember his covenant promise that he made to Abraham and to send us a deliverer, or many deliverers, actually 144,000 Moses-like figures, leaders, who can bring deliverance. Now, let's go on a little bit further in verse 25. I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. This is a remez hint pointing us to Yeshua, right there in the Old Testament, in Isaiah because it is Yeshua who blots out our sin. And how does he do that? By his death upon the tree, he takes upon himself your sin and mine, my friend, and he blots out your sin by his blood. His blood blots it out. And he took your sin, the penalty for sin is death. And he took that penalty upon himself. So there's a Yeshua, uh, we see him in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures. Continuing on in chapter 44, verses 3 and 4. For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my Spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. We can take this and pray into it. This is a promise from the Father that he's going to pour out his blessing on our children. 
So don't be weary in well-doing. Don't give up. If you have wayward children who've wandered away from the straight and the narrow path, who've wandered away from Yeshua and His Word, keep on praying for them. Keep on interceding for them because God has made a promise here that He's going to pour out His Spirit on your descendants and on your children. Continuing on now in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 6. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord of Heaven's armies, Yahweh Saviot. I am the first and the last, that is, the Aleph and the Tav. There is no other God who is like me. This is yet again another hint of Yeshua found in the Old Testament or in the Hebrew Scriptures. Yeshua is the Aleph and the Tav. Did you know that in the very first sentence of the Bible in Genesis 1-1, Breshit, right, if you look at it in the Hebrew, right smack dab in the middle of that verse, there is the letter Aleph and Tav. And when a Jewish person reads that, sentence in Hebrew, they skip over the word Aleph Tav because they don't have a word for it. But we know that it's a reference to Yeshua because, again, in Revelation, in the book of Revelation, Yeshua says that he is the Alpha and the Omega, which is the Greek version for Aleph and Tav. It's Yeshua, whose robe is dipped in blood, who comes as a mighty conquering warrior in his second return. First he came as a lamb, but when he returns, he's coming as a lion, and he is the Aleph and Tav. He's there in the very beginning, and he's there in the end. Aleph and Tav is the first and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So now I want to jump into Ephesians chapter 3, and here's the principle. It is very powerful to pray the scriptures. That when you are praying for a loved one or a situation or for your city or your nation, it is very powerful to pray the word of God, the scriptures, over that person or situation because you're going to hit the mark bullseye every time because you're praying the will of God when you pray the word of God. So what I'm going to do right now is take Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 12, and I'm going to turn that passage of Scripture into a prayer for you and me. It's a beautiful passage, and I'm just going to turn it right into a prayer. Starting in verse 12. So, Heavenly Father, we now come boldly and confidently into your presence And I thank you, Father, that you are not going to allow us to lose heart because of our trials. That as we go for suffering for you, Yeshua, that we would feel your honor and your grace upon us. And so, Father, I now fall to my knees and I pray to you, Abba, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from your glorious unlimited resources, that you would empower all those who are listening today with inner strength by your mighty spirit. Then Yeshua will make his home in all of our hearts as we trust 
in him. May our roots grow down deep into God's love and keep us strong. And may we have the power to understand today, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep His love is for each and every one of us. May we experience the love of Yeshua, though it is very great to understand fully. Then may we be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So, Abba, I pray your your love, your shalom, and your peace over God's people this day. I thank you so much, Yeshua, for the incredible sacrifice that you made on the cross, that you died and shed your blood so that we might live and have eternal life and have our sins canceled and blotted out. We love you this day, Yeshua. May we make this day count for your kingdom. May we receive your love and may we extend it to others that we come into contact with this day. In Yeshua's name, amen.